A quick note about this podcast for time reference. This was recorded before the pandemic started. Thank you to everyone who is tuning in to Octorpio Rising, the podcast. We really appreciate you joining us on this journey of origination, opportunity, and optimism. In this podcast you're about to listen to, we talk with our friend and entrepreneur, Patrick Hansen of GeoEnergy Marketing Services. We had planned to do a sub-series with everyday entrepreneurs called Rising Moments, but due to the pandemic, we'll be focusing on different areas of our podcast for now. Hope you enjoy. Welcome everyone to the official Octorpio Rising podcast. This is the Rising Moments segment and we're out here in Palm Springs today. And so the audio quality is going to be a little echoey. Not our usual setup. We're we're on our usual setup, but we do have a fantastic friend here today, Patrick Hansen, CEO and founder of Geo Energy Marketing Services without the services sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) A college buddy of ours definitely helped out with our first projects we've ever done as a a group in the early 2000s. Hopefully those don't resurface. Uh, we promise. That's not, <laughs> yes. that's not a bonus content you can pick up ever. So don't, don't be waiting for that one. Pat has been doing this for how many years now? Um, 2015. And we are here to, as our first gig, follow around Pat and get the experience of what it's like for him to do his job as the social media marketing manager for different clients. He's been nice enough to get us uh, media passes. So we got to go on the actual showroom floor behind the scenes and And we'll let pat tell us a little more about what's going on here fantastic so we are in palm springs at the grc annual meeting and expo it's a annual trade show and gathering of some of the smartest and most experienced people in the geothermal industry as my name indicates my business name indicates geo energy marketing services it's set up to um, professionalize and promote the industry and each of its contributing players and so i am here this is a big week for me representing clients that are exhibiting, uh, representing clients from a business development perspective, and then networking with past and current clients. Awesome. Yeah. And so before you became an entrepreneur, what did you used to do? So when we all went to Dominican back in the early 2000s, Dominican University, California, San we, um, I had a dream of climbing the corporate ladder in corporate America, you know, suit and tie, CEO vision. And I tried to follow that. Uh, I joined the ranks of different geothermal businesses and uh, began from a marketing manager all the way up to a director of sales and marketing. Um, For whatever reason, the industries that I was in kind of ebbed and flowed. And at the ebb, if you will, there was a major layoff in Houston where most of Houston, Texas was laid off in the oil and gas industry, um, myself included. And I had a kind of come to Jesus moment where I said, what do I want to do? Do I want to jump ship and go into tech? healthcare education or do I want to stay in my passion and figure out my own business and you really didn't know what you thought was a viable thing to to accomplish after yeah it was it was a bit scary um I knew that I had a reputation within the geothermal industry that I wanted to leverage right and I have a degree and and years of experience in strategic sales and marketing so how could I combine those and the best footprint or I guess blueprint for me would be to start my own business so I can offer those services to a lot of companies rather than being a full-time employee in the corporate world and do you remember the moment you decided to become your own CEO December of 2015 um, I was I guess unemployed at that moment and wanted to do something innovative and creative and I saw the writing on the wall there was a gap in the industry as you guys may see in the coverage at the trade show Um, it's a small industry with a lot of small companies that don't have the bandwidth or awareness of strategic marketing 
um, or a budget or understanding what a budget could entail for strategic marketing and whatnot. And I felt that offering these services from a independent contractor perspective or a consultant would allow them to bring in an executive level marketing person on a retainer or project by project basis to provide that brand boost, a new website, a new trade show experience, social media management, et cetera. And so I saw that opportunity to, to seize and I'm doing that right now. So what was the moment you felt that this was a viable path for you to take? Because you're a family man. Sure. Um, you own a house. So there's a lot of financial commitment and not having the Big nine time. to five. Basically that leap of faith moment. The right? leap of faith moment. Um, how did you feel like you could prepare to do this? It definitely wasn't black and white. So December of 2015, I was employed um, by a small business that I continued to work for on a full-time basis until about June of 2018. This allowed me to start my business, Geo Energy Marketing, on the side with no conflicts of interest. Obviously, it was very respectful of my time for them and the services I was providing for them versus what I did for others. Um, and it came about three years later uh, where I realized I had positioned my employer to be a well-oiled machine, so to speak, and they didn't need a full-time version of me. And so we tapered off my full-time employment to half-time until now they're a client of mine. And I was over that time able to work with other geothermal service companies to build up my portfolio, to build up a financial forecast, to give myself, my wife, my family the confidence that if I did this full-time, I was going to still be able to maintain the quality of life, make those mortgage payments, pay for school, whatever came up with the kids. It's still a challenge. I don't have that salary or benefits package that you came with larger companies, but it uh, I'm able now to you know, rest assured that my cash flow is sustained with a very diverse portfolio of clients. Right. Did you have a time where you said like, well, if I can't accomplish something in a certain amount of time, I'm going to try and get back into the workforce no matter what it was going to be? It, it, <laughs> that's a great question. I think that is the jury is still out on that. Um, because my focused niche industry is so finite, so small, the number of clients that both I can work for and there are to work for in a, in a full capacity um, perspective uh, are still limited. And, and I want to expand my business and I want to have a team and I want to be able to retire with saving. And so there's always that inkling of, you know, I miss that boardroom banter and the whiteboard strategy sessions with the full team, you know, and the coffee, coffee right. breaks, et cetera. I miss that. But I know that what I'm doing now is serving a role, serving a purpose. It's, it's um, checking those boxes I have in my personal bucket list of providing something for the greater good, which is promoting the geothermal industry. So yeah, to directly answer your question, I'm always keeping an ear to the ground for bigger opportunities, but I love the entrepreneur grind. And what is it about the entrepreneurial grind that you do like separate from the nine to five, so to speak? Sure. Well, having two boys ages six and four, um, they're incredibly time consuming to raise them the way my wife and I want to raise them. We love co-parenting. I love the ability to be able to take my kid to the bus, pick them up from school. If they need to go to the doctor, I can coach t-ball, basketball, soccer, what have you. I have that flexibility instead of commuting from Tacoma to Seattle every day and having being stuck in a car for over two hours. You know, I'm, I'm not getting that time with my, my kids or my wife. And so I'm able to work from home, work from coffee shops and really have that flexibility and control over my schedule. Personally, what kind of changes did you have to actually make? Were there sacrifices that you made in your personal life to start to achieve this, this dream of yours, this path? So my goal was to maintain my living status, if you will. We did have to curtail some of our spending habits or our, our uh, initially 
some of the social outings or vacations, but that just comes with the general sacrifice that we're going all in. My wife also is an entrepreneur, so we're That's both right. yeah. jumping headfirst into this awesome. um, unstable but high risk, high reward kind of working mentality. And, and your wife's in a totally different field. Completely. We overlap in the, in the fact that the strategies of using social media and branding and marketing are the same, but she's an interior design event and wedding planner. And I'm on the strategic sales and marketing for renewable energy. And as we know, social media is a big part of every business yeah. these days. But oh, yeah. uh, would you say you're kind of following a prototype with the social media, the aspect of it, or are you kind of kind of learning as you go with the different platforms and, and things like that? It's a mix, right? Um, being of our age and how we grew up with the evolution of social media, we've been the guinea pigs through all of it, right? And right, so yeah. we embrace Instagram, we embrace Snapchat, LinkedIn, Facebook, what have you, Twitter. A lot of my industry clients don't, or they look at it as it's a personal thing. It's not a perfect, not for business. Well, that's not the case. That's furthest from the reality, right? The social media platforms for the most part are free tools to spread your word. Exactly. And if you can do it professionally, consistently and entice engagement, you're for pennies maximizing your reach to, to an audience. And talking about that, just understanding social media. And I know a lot of uh, us in the older generation. Well, <laughs> I mean, we're not that old, old, MySpace <laughs> was pretty big when we were <laughs> first, uh, when we first met. Um, <laughs> You're in my top eight spaces. Yeah. Seeing that there was no real like education course on social media, being in the marketing field that you're in now, how did you learn to leverage uh, your social media to work for you and to, to work for others? It's been a process. Um, I like to think I'm tech savvy. I'd like to say that it's still a learning process. I seek out advice and insight on social platforms to learn how to better leverage them. Um, I do believe though that the expertise I'm able to bring to my clients through social media is something they don't have. So even if my understanding and application of social media platforms is still evolving, what I'm able to bring to the clients is something they've never had. So it's a real nice um, learning curve transition that I'm able to provide for them as well as manage for them so they maybe even don't have to learn. That's actually a, a good point because I think a lot of people who might uh, want to get into say some kind of business understanding social media you can help out a lot of companies that way sure. providing a lot of value for them and it's it's like a young person's game but it's really a big something um, you have to kind of understand even i think if we age. understand it in the, in the in the broader scope of of making money like mm -hmm. every day of uh, using it to enhance our, our daily lives because i do think a lot of people use social media just to check up on their favorite celebrities right sure right. um and just to kind of do some their own entertainment kind of mm -hmm. watching but if you want to actually get into any kind of field, understanding social media and how it leverages is huge. It's almost like a stock market, right? Yeah. You can like invest in the right social media platform that's the next big thing and hit it big just by being there first. Sure. And there's an element of just being consistent with the stalwarts like LinkedIn mm -hmm. or embracing Instagram for business or Facebook yeah. for LinkedIn business. LinkedIn is actually growing. It's, it's huge. Growing. And, and one of the things that I'm trying to do for my own brand, but also for, for my clients is to humanize Humanize the logo right yeah. behind that profile mm -hmm. pic or whatever is to get in front of the camera, which is not supernatural for me. But if you do follow some of my platforms, I'm embracing it and trying to do more of it. Speaking to that, um, how did you feel about getting in front of the camera for the first time to put your face out there? I mean, I can wing it with the best of them. And, and I've done a lot of public speaking throughout my career. But you know, holding that cell phone up and like just talking to it in front of people or in crowds and being like that guy. It's intimidating, right? And you have unique to unique experience. Yeah. yeah, and but you just have to go for it. And a lot of the people that are influencing me on social media just say you have to do it. And 
Social media is not made to be perfect. It's supposed to be authentic. And yes. if you have a um or an at or a what have you, or look away or it's a shaky hand, you know, that's okay because you're still humanizing the brand. You're putting a, a face behind it, which is what increases engagement, right? I know a lot of people maybe flock towards the same influence and stuff online or on social media, but were there any particular influencers or um, personalities out there that influenced you on Instagram or social media? Probably the most famous one would be Gary Vee, but I think yeah. that, I mean, as much as he is famous, it's also becoming like a, a cliche and yeah. Gary yeah. Vee is the influencer. But still, it's he, still big. He has helped me realize that don't really care about what other people think, do your own right. thing and make it make it you. And so that's really what I take from him. I mean, he posts some amazing things and some, you know, things I don't want to say on on our podcast just in his in his way of delivery. But I love that it's just raw. Mm -hmm. um, I have some other more micro influencers that are within my industry. Alexander Richter from Think Geo Energy uh, and, and several others that um, I really respect their work and emulate what they're trying to do. Um, and then just in general, just social media management experts that I try to follow as well. Starting out the entrepreneurial lifestyle, it seems like you're pretty successful right now, or would you consider yourself? I am doing well. I want to do more. I have the capacity to take on probably twice as many more clients. And that's my goal because I want to grow the business. I want to have a team beneath me so that I can leverage their insight and skill sets. So we're 10 years from now, I'm not the one having to stay up on the next Instagram story tip or trick or whatever Twitch or TikTok or whatever needs right. to be embraced. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm, they're all they're all incredibly impactful and far reaching for for different buckets of industries. Totally. My goal is to grow the business so then I can have a team that can teach me or keep me current. That's about ambition and that's that's the to, plan. That's the plan. Yeah. When you started out, did you go for the sole proprietorship or did you try and incorporate LLC? What was the route that you? So took? on paper, I'm an LLC. For, for reasons that just made sense to me at the time. I think over those first three years where it was a side hustle, so to speak, it's been treated a lot more like a sole proprietorship. So depending on the pace of my growth over the next year or two, since I'm now full-time, you know, head into my business, I will reevaluate if I need to keep it in LLC or I guess revert to a sole proprietorship or what have you. Um, I also moved from Texas to Washington, so understanding differences. the behind-the-scenes paperwork that needs to happen, even though I don't do business, per se, in the state of Washington or the state of Texas, it's international. Um, that's probably my, my blind spot, is really understanding the nuts and bolts of the legalities of the LLC or sole proprietorship and how I need to set On myself up. Note, but looking toward the future, uh, do you have any milestones that you haven't hit yet that Ooh. are big on your mind or kind of coming up a lot? I think my internal goal is to have six retainer-based clients and then tackle six to ten project-specific marketing clients and have a good handful of clients where I'm strictly selling their services for them as an independent contractor. That would be like the best case scenario for me, a near-term, realistic, achievable goal. Um, but that would require me to have a small team as well. Employees, right? That's something everybody always has to think about yeah. when they're uh, oh, yeah. starting their business. Because it's important to, to build a team, right? Because you want to delegate, you want to mm -hmm. be able to have your free time. One of the big reasons that we all want to be entrepreneurs is is to build a team and to be able to have a little more freedom, right? Mm -hmm. In our lives. That's but, support there. Um, what we're trying to show here is that it does take a lot of work in the beginning to start up. You hear all the people that say, "Quit your job, start now, be an entrepreneur." But at least in in our experience, just starting up Octorpio, really just planning is a huge thing. Sure. And I know that you were already in an industry and you were going to leverage that when when right. the industry kind of let you go, so to speak. I would have a question about how yeah. much preparation does go into an event like this and how far ahead do you have to start planning? 
Uh, that's a good question. So just to clarify, this is we're, you're talking, talking about the about trade the, show that we're here for. Show. So the GRC annual meeting and expo, um, it's an annual trade show. So sometimes, many times, the exhibitors, this is the only thing that they do that they consider as their sole marketing budget is to go all out at this trade show. It's big. And um, it's also every single exhibitor in the trade show hall is a potential client of mine. And so what I try to do for the clients I do have that are exhibiting is to maximize their brand appeal on, you know, managing their budget, maximize their exhibiting experience, whether that's coordinating social media or a raffle or some sort of interactive element, or it's a happy hour that draws traffic and usually is sticky enough to keep people within the booth instead of walking right by it understanding promotional strategies, et cetera, without wasting money. My biggest pet peeve is exhibitors that stress balls and pens and stuff and all these cheapo things that end up going in the trash <laughs> can. Or, like, <laughs> or like non-employees walk around and saying, can I take this home for my kids? Like that's a waste of promotional money. So you have to actually have a strategy for those branded swag products, right? That's a good point. You bring that up. Um, I think one of the big things also about being entrepreneurs is try not to be like everyone else too, right? You want to yeah, try to have some, some differences in what you're offering or what you're doing, right. or, you know, even if it's like you're standing on your head talking, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Media. but something that gets you attention, but still like the respect, I think that you're, right. you're, you're looking for. I think that's, that's huge. Huge for us. We, we like to be originals or consider ourselves, sure. uh, you know, pioneers in some way, mm -hmm. or at least trying to push the envelope. Yeah, that's actually a good um, a lead into that. Do you find it hard to be original after coming into your own? I don't find it hard to come up with original ideas and pitches to my clients. The The challenge with geothermal and with the segment of geothermal that is the lion's share of my client base, which is power production. So it's industrial, um, I mean, drilling rigs, drilling fluids, very dirt in the fingernails sort of industry, right? The, my biggest challenge is not coming up with those innovative ideas. It's educating the clients on the impact mm -hmm. and value of being original because many of these clients don't spend a dollar on marketing or they have a website they built 20 years ago and they've never been to it since then like it's it's teaching them that there's power in having a succinct brand that is equal if not greater than their industry reputation and so a lot of my job is educating them on the value of strategic marketing once i get them on board then it's fair game it's either a retainer-based agreement or or project by project where I'm able to really get creative with them. And so as we're kind of winding down, would you say during this whole process that you had any low moments or moments where you felt like quitting or giving up? And if so, what did you do to pull yourself out of that? So without sounding too cliche, I believe good things happen to good people. There's a lot of good people in this industry. Last June, when it was pretty evident I was going full time, like it or not, for geo energy marketing, some of the financial forecasting I did to justify that decision didn't come true for three to six months. And I'm still modifying those plans to make, meet those forecasts. Um, several clients made some retainer based promises that never have come to fruition, which were things that I was counting on, right? To make the mortgage payment, to, to mm -hmm. keep that status of living for my family. And we moved a couple years ago to the great state of Washington. So we have a great house and a great community. And I want to maintain that for my family. So the low moments were definitely when I could count my clients on one hand mm -hmm. and some of them were very project based. So once the project was done, that next month was questionable, but I continued to grind. I continued to hustle. I continued to knock on doors. What I did in those lowest moments was lean on those really strong networks from people that I've been working with for over 10 or 12 years, directly or indirectly, and just remind them of the value that I can bring, remind them of what I'm doing and what I can bring to their team, either in a project-based or in a retainer-based agreement. 
My pitch is that you're getting an executive level marketing manager for pennies to the dollar, right? And I'm offering value. I know what my industry is willing to pay for things. And so I can position myself that way versus them going, you know, cold calling some ad agency in LA or something that's going to charge Los Angeles based rates, you know, so right. I can tailor my offering and position myself to that competitive advantage, if you will. I had a quick thing to throw in. I know this is a uh... A little left field, but some of the words we like to, to remind ourselves about when we're wanting to get inspired about our passion and our projects is optimism, origination, and opportunity. Do any of those words kind of strike a chord with you? Or They all do. I mean, those are great words. For lack of just repeating them and, and creating some sort of um, <laughs> po poem to them or anything, <laughs> right. I think that based on how you define them personally and, and professionally, they should be the driving force for any entrepreneur. Um, how can you be original? How can you add that original value to your clients or to the products you're selling and taking advantage of those opportunities, right? And so that's like the, the name of the game, right? And so it's, you know, I've never put it in those three words in right. my way, but that is like a great mantra that I like indirectly tell myself all the time. And how were you able to keep the optimism to continue to to push through and were there any pressures from like family or friends or did you have to make some life changes in that moment also? The beauty of refinancing mortgages. <laughs> um, no, I think my wife is incredibly supportive, my number one fan, but she's also recognizing what we need to do to maintain the life we want to live. And she at times said, you probably should keep your ear to the ground for opportunities. And, and I am, and I still am, right? And, um, but what kept me motivated during the lowest times when I was still hustling is I'm working in an industry that I truly believe in. Mm -hmm. Geothermal energy, it's clean, it's baseload, it's, it's, it's renewable, right? similar to solar and wind, it's it's up there in terms of the most reliable, clean energy options worldwide. And my mission is to professionalize and promote that industry, to further ingratiate that term, to make it synonymous with solar and wind when people think of renewables, like that drives me, yeah. right? And I'm making progress. I want to get hashtag geothermal trending. Yeah every day. You can see how passionate he is about it. So, <laughs> so I, I do that. The, the challenge is getting the rest of my industry to embrace that. And that's my mission to tackle. Very cool. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, this has been a fantastic insight into uh, <laughs> just just the life of an entrepreneur. Just in case, do you want to do the, the merch plug? Maybe talk about that. As an entrepreneur who is focusing sort of on this geothermal side, you're also focusing on some side projects for your own personal self, correct? Yeah, so once you dive headfirst into the entrepreneurial spirit, right, you look for passive income streams wherever right. you can go. Um, and, and one of the, I guess, most evolved passive income ideas that we've come up with uh, is a is a clothing brand um clean energy clothing.com clean energy clothing is a initiative that promotes and brands clean energy right there's a subtle ode to geothermal my passion in every design that we've come up with um, and our goal is to provide eco-friendly apparel which is a big thing i think apparel is one of the largest pollutants in the world discarded unused fabrics etc and so we've sourced or made sure that the products we provide are provided by clean energy people that leverage clean energy or their own mission is eco-friendly. Uh, and so we're providing a way for people to brand and, and promote clean energy to everyone if they're wearing our t-shirts or using our stainless steel water bottles to reduce plastic, etc. And it's a great little side business right now. Mm -hmm. and it, 
Dan, is that something that you would consider like weaving into your overall model as far as like what services you would offer for geo energy, energy markets? Or uh, I mean, there there's some behind the scenes ways where I can maybe get them co-branded material with the clean energy brand if they wanted to leverage the same mission that clean energy stands for and, and theirs. Um, I think that it is its own standalone distinct bucket and it's separate help with swag at these kind of events right? yeah and i have stuff that i'm handing out i think it's super awesome and cool to remember that even when you're focused on a certain aspect of your company um, or whatnot you can still take what you love and turn that into a passive side sure. of business and create and do things with that for your own personal sake and I know we're wrapping up here, but that's a really good point when you're talking about saying like passive income, because that's huge when you're an entrepreneur, just whatever kind of streams you can do. But, sure. but if you think about it, you don't just want to say like make t-shirts, right? But putting a lot of thought into like um, educating people or giving, right. giving a need or a value. I right. think that's really important for anyone to, to think about instead of just making a t-shirt with like a design, hoping that it'll, it'll sell. Sure. If you can come up with a concept or an idea that will get a message out, that yeah. will make people want to... You've got to tell a story. Yeah. You've got to find your niche. Anyone can design a t-shirt exactly. with the new print-on-demand and Shopify kind of tools at your disposal. The way you differentiate yourselves is you find that niche. In my case, it's clean energy. Whether you're cleaning the oceans or you're leveraging clean electricity, it all goes together. We want to live in a world that we can actually live in right down yeah. the road. Oh, yeah. And so if you embrace clean energy fantastic and so i'm just trying to brand that and have people support it awesome yeah that, that was any awesome. last minute uh, yeah so i guess um what's um, your favorite movie what's your favorite tv show <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> just blindside um, <laughs> first thing that comes to your head shoot i don't even know I'm a, I'm a netflix fan i like a crime crime shows on netflix you have time for tv anymore these days Not being an really. entrepreneur? Okay. a little bit i'm doing the i'm watching all seinfeld reruns with oh, my nice. wife right now friends man come on friends yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I can, I can get by the binge of seinfeld if there's any other business that you could start or run outside oh, of geothermal do whatever you want if you could do whatever you want like what would you what would be your dreams well i have two legs to that answer so my dream was always to open up a gym right to own my own private gym that targeted youth open to the public but it was focused on developing young athletes myself being one at least through college for those who are listening i'm six foot ten so a lot of that brought both ex expectations and adversity and i want I to almost relate <laughs> <laughs> i want to be able to channel what i went through and reverse that and be able to communicate and work with young athletes cool. don't know if that's going to happen that requires a lot of capital and full-time attention and I've got my eggs in a different basket right now, but I am looking into membership business models and uh, oh, yeah. digital courses Membership's that up. I can provide some element of whether it's just strategic marketing as a discipline that can be applied to any industry or it's a masterclass for the geothermal industry where if they're not ready to bring me on as a client, I can teach them something. And so that's another passive income stream that is way more tied into my business versus the clean energy clothing. Yeah, and, and kind of to riff off of you wanting to maybe start open up this gym and maybe kind of educating your clients, maybe we can do a whole workout for the geothermal uh, yeah. uh, community. <laughs> like there we go. <laughs> Get everybody in shape at the same time as you're trying to give it a catchy uh, name to make this uh, make this planet better. We can <laughs> we can show everybody how to Let that steam rise. Treat yeah. harness that power. Harness that power. <laughs> we can treat your bodies right as well as this planet. Awesome. Uh, Be a geo dude. That's a fantastic. <laughs> Uh, fantastic podcast interview with our with our friend um, uh, Patrick Hansen. We call him Pat P Diddy. Uh, uh -huh. 
and uh and For obvious reasons this will be the first of many october rising podcasts and, and uh, we'll definitely check in yeah. with Pat when, you guys, moving your, through his when career. you guys get that set oh, oh yeah. built out i want that mini fridge <laughs> when the podcast gets <laughs> yeah. like really up and running we'll come back to, and i'm to sure we'll have our podcast will have no doubt guys i'm super excited really for this and your project we really do appreciate giving us this opportunity as oh, well yeah. i, I love to say that the same thank you for providing this media outlet for me if you want to find out more about patrick and his company we'll have all the links in the description you can find me on linkedin twitter facebook and instagram uh, geo energy marketing at geo underscore energy marketing etc um, look it up you'll find me my website geoenergymarketing.com um, I'm out there because that's my business, right? Mm -hmm. So you can. And what if I wanted one of those cool shirts? Uh, yeah, <laughs> cleanenergyclothing.com and support a good awesome. cause. One last thing. What would you say to everyone out there who wants to be an entrepreneur? Because a lot of people think it's too hard. Um, I think it is easier now more than it ever has been with the advent of social media, with the advent of tools you can work on from your phone. So if you have a dream, if you have an idea, don't listen to the naysayers. Go for it. Be fiscally responsible for that. If you are younger in the 1825s, you may have a little less responsibility financially, so you can take even larger risks. But if you have that dream, don't do the nine to five thing working for someone else when you could provide value by providing what you want to do. So go for it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome message. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Octopia Rising podcast. Uh, once again, this is Kenny, Tony, and Jaren signing off. Until next time. Be your own opportunity. Be your own optimism. And be your own origination. <laughs> Still working on that. We're working on it. Just gotta, <laughs> gotta try it out. That was dope, man. That was so cool.